Thank you so much for coming. Welcome to our first live recording, first event of Trust and Believe and for Shanti Fitness or Shanti Inc., I should say. I really appreciate you all coming. I think that this is not something that we all wanted. I believe that it's something that we all needed. And I think, you know, I've spoken before about how wants and needs are two completely different things. Wanting something is is a desire and it can fill either a void or some sort of happiness maybe for a short period of time or something you can like kind of check off your bucket list and a need is something that it's almost like you need it for survival and sometimes there are things that we need that we don't really consider them a need we just we kind of think they're a want but it's actually a need like tonight for me I think you know if I can say even more than you this is something that I needed I definitely had a really tough time with the pandemic. I I don't know if I'm going to cry tonight, but it's possible. <laughs> but y'all know I like crying, so it's fine. I hope that some of the things that we talk about tonight for the next 45 minutes, you know, resonate with you. And I always say, I learned this from when I was a young kid in church with my grandfather, because I was like, child, what you talking about? You know, when he was talking about the gospel. I didn't say child, but I was like, <laughs> I was a child. Okay. But you know, when I think back, or even when I don't think back, there are a lot of times where I repeat some of the things that he said, and I didn't even know I was paying attention. And now, even if I go to an event or if I'm listening to something and I'm like, oh, this may not resonate with me at this point in time, I still take an active action to try and relate it to some point in my life, whether it's past, present, or future, because I just believe that's how we grow, and I believe that learning is growing. So I hope some of the things that we talk about tonight, anxiety, working through injury, mental health, and being fast. If y'all don't know what being fast is, that means, you know, sexual talk. Regardless of what we talk about tonight, I hope it can resonate with you in some way. So get ready to trust and believe. Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The first thing I'll talk about is 
I kind of spoke about this on our sipping shop for those of you who joined the sipping shop, but I think I can go into a little bit more detail. And I'll start out by saying the reason I kind of feel comfortable talking about this in a public setting is because I had major support from the CEO of Beachbody, Carl Deichler. I always get really nervous when I talk about something that really affected me negatively with my job, especially with Beachbody, because I've been with them for almost 18 years now. It was literally this month in 2003, I got a call that Kathy Smith wanted me to help her with uh, uh, a project or a program called Project You years and years ago for Beachbody. So when I think back, I'm like, wow, it's been that long and it's really amazing. Last September, you know, I started Let's Get Up and it was a program that was absolutely, I was going to say made for me, but I made it. I had a conversation with the lawyer and Carl at Beachbody last summer, summer 2020, and I had a conversation with Carl right after Transform 20 came out and I was like, you know, I really want to create a program that is designed for everyone, but also to get someone not necessarily off the couch because they're overweight, but just like to want to have that ability to have fun and move. Because, you know, I believe fit doesn't have a size. The smallest person walking down the street can be the most unfit person walking down the street, but it can even get them off the couch and off and out of the bed and, you know, want to work out when they get home from work or before. And, um, so when they came to me and said, you know, we want to do a dance program, and, and I was really excited, but I also wanted to make it different. Dance, toning that ass, because, you know, we definitely want... She's done seven rounds. It's Nicole, right? Nicole has done seven rounds of Let's Get Up, okay? Come through. So I made it for you, honey, all right? But, um, you know, and it was this, like, really soulful, fulfilling program. And so when I'm creating a program... I, you know, for those dropping stuff, um, somebody dropped something in the audience. Uh, but when I'm creating a program, especially when it comes to dance, it is soulful because dance has nothing to do with how, how great your squat is. It has everything to do with the feeling that you're exuding from the inside at that very moment and how can you extend your body and your lines to also extend your life in that moment, which is why I love to dance. But I also wanted to bring that toning element, that insanity element, because I wanted, to be, I wanted it to be friendly for everyone. So that part was fun. Creating music for it and writing music for it and composing music for it was incredible and amazing. And I got back in a, in a studio to sing a little bit because <coughs> I got some pipes, honey. <laughs> Shooting it was pretty fine. You know, we did shoot during COVID, so it was kind of a mess. I believe in the human experience, so you know you're going to have issues with people, right? But what I wasn't ready for was post, when it launched. How much more I had to give of myself sitting in front of a screen, in front of a little box, and having to be on, like, I would say, if I had to be on camera six hours of the day, I have to be on 12 because I don't like going into anything in an inauthentic space. So the pressure of wanting to be in an authentic space really kind of took a toll on me. And then you have a bunch of people who have to do their job at a company. And so they, my perception and interpretation of it was, hey, I just launched this thing. I just put my talent out there, and now I'm being treated as a box, and I got to sit in front of this screen. And what I didn't realize it was doing to me while I was, 
Y'all know I'm very vocal, so you know I'm very vocal. While I was very vocal about this is stressing me out, I didn't quite understand how it was stressing me out. So from the end of, or the beginning, well, I would say right after our vacation, we went to Puerto Vallarta in April, because, honey, I was out there shaking everything. <laughs> but once I got back from there and, and realizing that, wow, I'm sitting in front of the screen, I'm sitting in front of the screen, I'm talking about the same thing, my voice is really tired, I have a headache. And it's really tough, because some people look at that like, well, you have an amazing job, and you make great money, like, why the fuck? And I'm like, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything with you giving your energy, you know? And I'm sure you can all relate, especially during the pandemic. But what I didn't realize, realize, is that when the pandemic began, and we all got stuck home, our team went right into... You know, attack mode, if you will. We went on offense instead of defense. And I created Dig Deeper Nation. And I jumped into the Sean T role, and I forgot about Sean Blocker. So I jumped into the Sean T role, like, no, like, you know, my people, I love y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, my people need me. I'm like this, boom, boom. I, I don't have all the answers, but even if I'm going through whatever, I'm going to help try to put you through the answers. But not until I was giving balls, as I would say, you know, when I'm exponentially giving myself, did I realize that I was like, I don't, I don't like throwing around the word depressed, but I was extremely stressed out. Like, internally stressed. I felt like I was going to cry, like, at every second of the day. No, no, no. Literally, the tear ducts were ready to open because I was just, like, giving, giving, giving giving and no matter how much how hard I tried whether I was dancing whether I you know took time to do a TikTok or whatever whether I was posting an assless shot or not an assless shot a pantsless shot I got an ass um you know no matter what I was trying to do I was like extremely stressed and then if I can be super transparent with you I know I'm the kind of person that people lean on so that's not even like I think that was my calling in life but I didn't realize how taxing that would be when I wasn't leaning on myself. And so it got to the end of June of this year, and I was super afraid to call Carl, and I was like, I need to take off. Like, you guys are about to launch Body. I got some work stuff to do, but I was like, I can't. I, I had nothing left. I, you know, I, call, I called my team together. You know, I cried in front of them. And I took this summer, and I just really kind of lived. And I, like, you know, I traveled. I had fun. We traveled. We did a lot. I'll save that for Why Night After Dark. <laughs> and it was, it was great. And I felt really great coming into the end of September. But anxiety creeped in. And so before I get into this next stage of what I'm about to talk about, I think that this is, oh, my God, I'm about to cry because it's so much. It's so much. It's so much because there's a lot of people that go through things, right? And you think you get to this point and you think you're like, oh, my gosh, I overcame this hurdle. And then something else like fucking creeps in and you're like, shit. And that's why I'm like a big proponent of going to therapy because and I know there's a lot of people in here that's been through stuff and like. You know, and you think therapy, you're like, oh, my God, I had this I had this like amazing, you know, revelation. But then like just like fitness, like you hit that plateau and you got more to climb. And so like I literally then I started experiencing terrible anxiety. And I remember a, a year and a half ago, a little maybe a little more before the pandemic. 
I was in Philadelphia. I was in a hotel room and I called a therapist that lived in, in Arizona. And I was like trying to explain to him what I was feeling. And it was the first time that I heard that anxiety was your fear about the future. And then depression was kind of what happened to you in the past. And I was on Zoloft before, so I understood like depression, but I didn't really feel what that was. But I then I, I realized that my struggle is high anxiety, like to the max to the point where last this last week is when it maybe last two weeks it's like when it really crept in and I would go to Scott and I would be like oh my god and he'd be like what's wrong and I'm like I don't know it was just like so like uh and you know thank god I have a Scott that is like super like oh my god I'm like a lot but you know he like listens and you know he's there and so we just, I, I had a surprise, an early surprise 50th birthday for him, for he and his friends. And we're like sitting around, we're in this Airbnb having a good ass time. And one of his friends who I, I consider to be like one of the most conservative of his friends was like, yeah, well, you know, over the pandemic, like me and my husband started taking gummies, you know, and I was like, word. And so I'm just like, you know, she was just talking about how much it, whatever. So I was like, you know, I was like, tell me more about it. Anyway, end up, cut to the chase. That night, we went to the dispensary. I was like, I need to figure this out. We're in a safe space, right? I was like, I need to figure this out. And so that night, you know, I took it, and I kind of took it for other reasons. Then I was like, because, you know, the husband was like, yeah, sex on it is lit. And I was like, oh. Me and Scott didn't do it the first night, but I did make a lot of grilled cheese that night. <laughs> I make a bomb-ass grilled cheese, too, honey. So, um, so anyway... So then I know I'm a mess. So it was half, T, half THC, half CBD. So I wasn't just being straight up messy. Anyway, so, you know, we had that weekend. We ended up having sex on it. It was the bomb. But, but more than that, like for me, and I wasn't even going to share this, but I'm like, I'm going to share it. And ever since then, not, not every day, but it re- has really helped calm me down, sleep better at night. And so, you know, it's legal here in Arizona, but I definitely want to go to a doctor to talk about it a little bit more and a little bit deeper before, you know, I get like, you know, self-medicating myself with gummies. But, um, but it's really important. But anyway, to the point about anxiety, I know there's a lot of people that suffer from anxiety, but one of the things that's really annoying is how on social media, I believe it's thrown out there and a lot of, and I'm not trying to like diminish someone's struggle, but there are a lot of pages out there that use mental health to make money. Anxiety is a real life thing. And we talk about therapy all the time. I'm looking at you, my love. We talk about therapy all the time. And we talk about anxiety. We talk about mental health. But the real thing is, are you getting help? Because you got to talk about it. It's just like being in a relationship. If you don't talk about it, it's not going to get better. It's going to be packed in a suitcase, and that suitcase is like coming home from a trip. You're like, oh, my gosh, like, I got to do this, I got to do that. And that suitcase ends up in the back of the closet, and then all of a sudden you got to go on another trip, and then you open up that suitcase, and you're like, fuck. All that stuff is still in there, and then you close it up because you still don't feel like dealing with it. And that's what it's like whether you're in a rough marriage, whether you're anything, but really when it comes to yourself. And I just believe you know, foundationally being able to talk about it. I remember going to, th- going to therapy first when I was a young, young adult. I'm still young. 
And, you know, it was a gay therapist. And I was like, wow, like, this is really great. And I felt like I was more accepting of my gayness, even though I was always child. Because, you know, I don't care. But I really, at the time, I was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm like, oh, wow, going into therapy really helped me understand who I was, especially it was a gay therapist. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm healed. And then I had to go to therapy again when I found Scott, which a lot of you have read in my book. And so understanding love was a different kind of therapy that I needed and that unleashed and revealed some other things. And then going through this anxiety and I didn't tell you this yet, but I finally realized what it was by just like being honest with myself. Oh my gosh. So, so I'm getting this tattoo tomorrow and, um, one of the cameramen on my Live It Up shoot, it was like the few workouts we did after Let's Get Up, he was like, oh my gosh, Like the way you talk on camera is so deep. It's so in-depth. And, you know, are you going to get more tattoos? Because he was checking out my tattoos. And I was like, yeah, I really want to get a big tattoo, this whole thing. So he was like, I'm going to hook you up with this guy who won Ink Masters, whatever. But he's like, you know, you're going to have to, you know, kind of tell your story. And, and, and for me, I started thinking about my story. And I started crying about my story again. And I heard a few days prior that if you still cry about your childhood trauma, then there's, you're not healed. And for a very long time, like I thought I was like completely healed, right? I'm listening to this. Okay, so now I've got to go back. Y'all know I'm a little wild. So i got to go back like six or so months. And I was talking to my friend Jessica Nelson, Dare to Dream, for those of you who are here. Um, and... I was talking to her about something, and then I started listening to the song India Ari, The Heart of the Matter. And then in one of the lines it, in, of the song, it says something like, if you put it all behind you, life goes on, but you keep carrying that anger, and it'll eat you up inside. And so I heard that a few months ago, and I'm like, but I'm not really mad. Like, what? Like, you know. So this week... I don't know if I was driving my car or something. I was just like, you know, young Shawnee was molested, right? And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm still relying on him in times. And I have to, like, let him be a kid. And I still never let myself be a kid, you know? So that's, like, the revelation that I had. And I'm like, wow, like, this is because I never knew where the anxiety was coming from. And I'm like, but something stuck. Now, I haven't, I haven't been to therapy yet for this. I got to get my life together, clearly. I'm going to call Mel after this, honey. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, and I was talking to Aliza earlier. And, you know, she was talking about how she wasn't being her true self and she wanted to put on the mask. You know, and, and I know there's a lot of us out there that are doing that. And I think that in order to be better in the future or help yourself in the future if you're not going to therapy is like it's to really deal with the past because I think that a lot of that stuff becomes a blockage for you for your fear um, it's even like our kid Silas is, has gotten to this point where if he does one thing wrong and we just kind of like okay he's like I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry, sorry. he starts freaking out and we Scott and I look at each other like I mean, it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't, we didn't understand. I'm like, well, some, wh like, what happened? Like, what happened? Like, what do we do as parents? Because we're not perfect. When a year ago, you know, did he get in trouble for something and that really affected him? You know, so it's like, anyway, I say all that to say, sometimes our past, like, we kind of have to look into that. I don't know if you're in therapy or whoever is, but it's really important for us to talk about it because I think that 
that's one of the best ways to overcome anxiety, if not the best way. Um, and take some gummies. Um. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So, but some of the, uh, some of the things that I, I definitely do is I'm, I definitely make a point to be by myself. I actually... Before, like all of us guys, we work out together often uh, because I'm practicing my body workouts. And I felt really bad yesterday because Scott was in and the like the primary suite and I had kicked Scott out. I'm like, can you leave? And I felt really bad. But I realized that I need space. You know, I was like, I need to have my time. Like, I'm not like a sit and meditator kind of person. But whenever I'm about to do something, I definitely understand that I need time. I need time and space. And so the last thing I'll say, and I'll try to explain this really well, I've gotten into this ridiculous habit of watching and listening to like everything that has to do with outer space because I'm obsessed with how we got here. I know, you know, God created the heaven and the earth and I, you know, I know Adam and Eve and I know somebody bit that apple and that's why we (laughs) sin. And I know for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life, I know. However, I do believe in the Big Bang. I believe in gravity. I believe in the gravitational pull. And so there was one video I was listening to, and they it was like kind of like this teaching slash debating of the host of the show talking about did space and time really exist before the Big Bang? And at the end of the day... That's what we're living in, space and time. Who are you allowing in your space to help propel you forward? And are you maximizing your time? Right? And so when I think of space and time and I think of stress or depression or mental health or anxiety, the more time we give it, the less space we have for ourselves. And I just thought that was just like really important. Like, I wonder what it would be like, which I wouldn't know, but I wonder what it would be like before space and time existed. Because that's the thing that moves us along, but it's also the thing that stresses us the fuck out the most, you know? I I really do believe that that's what our lives comes down to, space and time. You decided to come here today. It took time out of your your comfortable space, or maybe you're in an uncomfortable space, and maybe the space is comfortable for you. But if you can fill your space and your time with positivity, which is really hard to do, is really great. Which takes me to one of the things you spoke about earlier, talked about, is like allowing people into your space. Knowing when relationships are too much. Knowing when it's okay to move on. You know, I had to do that with my family, namely my mom. And I'm over this, so I won't cry about this because I'm like really fine with it now. But I remember when I felt... I'm just going to put it out there. Mom, I love you. Cool. Cool. I remember after I told my mom that I was sexually molested by the man that I was sexually molested by for four years. She was in this. uh, They had already separated. 
but I, th- I know she was still controlled mentally by him. No one will ever understand this unless you've been in a situation. People are like, oh, my God, they're not in your life. Like, you should be fine. I told her I was molested by this man for four years as a kid, and she still talked to him. So what did that do for me? You know, I went through it. And not only that, that's when I started to be successful. I'm from the hood. We grew up on food stamps. Boom. I'm supporting my family. You know, it's just what we do. Maybe a lot of you is what you do, but that's just what we do. And I just remember Scott and I having, I remember us being in River Place. And I just remember being like, I don't want to pay for them anymore. I don't want, at this point, I feel like I was the one that was abused, not feel like I was the one that was abused. No one had my back. Why should I be supporting the people who didn't support me? And it was really tough. Do you remember how tough that was? It was really tough. And I just remember the freedom that I got when I was able to say, you actually don't deserve my space and time. It has nothing to do with whether you like them a lot or not, whether you're mad at them. But do people, do these people, do they deserve your space and time? You don't have to be mean to them. I didn't have to stop talking to them. But I could decide if I wanted to go home. I could decide if I wanted to go to Thanksgiving. I could decide whether or not I wanted to pay their bills. And I remember the first time they asked for money and I said no. Now this might be like, eh, okay. No, it was, it, it was incredible. And I was like so happy about it. And I know that sounds really mean. I'm like, I hope you literally have to like go work five jobs right now. Because you didn't have my back, and it diminished me to the smallest molecule possible. And I remember, it was a process, though. It was a process of, you know, maybe not accepting the phone calls that they were calling, or not calling back. Because every time I would call home, it would be this drama. And I'm like, you actually don't deserve my space and time. And so, and then it came to a point where I had to be very vocal about why. You know, so I'll tell you and anyone else who this may be the short answer that may be going through something about like dealing with people in your life. One, like I said, do they deserve your time? Only, you know, that. And quite honestly, one of the things that we don't realize is just because we (laughs) I think this is funny, but sometimes I'm like that person doesn't deserve my space and time. I'm like, well, I probably don't deserve theirs either, because sometimes when you eliminate time from someone, not necessarily like cutting them out, like I never want to talk to you again, but you could be doing them a a service too, you know, and you are the stronger one to say like this relationship is not healthy, right? And I think that when we go into a situation where we have to um, either put a relationship on pause or completely sever it, it has to be the healthiest option for both, And it's okay, and it's really tough, and it's okay. So with my mom, I know I didn't want to be like, I never want to talk to you again, because I know that she suffered too. My mom was a person that, you know, she actually got raped by my father, and she had my brother, and she was made to get married because my grandfather was a pastor, and she got married in the house, and she had twins, and my brother's twin died three months, and she told me, she was like, you were the rainbow baby, That's the first time I heard that, but I realized I was one of them, right? And so, and then she was with this man, and she was, you know, he was an alcoholic, and he put a gun to her head, and that's the only reason why she left. So I knew I didn't never, I knew it was that I never wanted to talk to her again, but I needed to heal myself, and she couldn't be a part of that healing. But there was a time 
where I had to sever a relationship. And it was with a friend. And it was someone that she was my best friend since I think we were in like seventh or I think eighth grade. And she just brought so much turmoil, but more to my life, to Scott, to my entire team. And it got to a point where I definitely know it was unhealthy for her and her relationship, but it was just unhealthy because it was just it was hard for us to be productive. So what I did was I knew this was going to be really tough, but I was just like I had to ask myself is. Is it going to be tougher to continue to deal with this person and baby them into in this relationship? Because usually when you want to separate somebody, they're either super abusive or they're super they're just taking a lot of energy from you. Right. So I bought her a book, The Slight Edge, and I wrote her a note. And I like to joke around and say I gave her her walking papers, you know, (laughs) but I was able to like end the relationship in a way to be like, I truly love you as a person. I really do. But you're just not good for me. And good luck, you know, and it there was no argument behind it. You know, I think a few years later, she still tried a few years later, still tried some shenanigans. And, you know, but I just, you know, I ignored it. But I'm just saying that because there's multiple ways um, to eliminate people from your space and time. I want to say communication is key. It's actually okay to talk to people to be like, hey, this is where we are. If you haven't, this is where we are right now. This isn't serving me. And I don't know if it's serving you or not. But like my father-in-law has taught Scott and I through our relationship, soft on a person, hard on a problem. We use it in our business. We use it in our, my, I use it in my relationships, my friendships. I've used it while using Scott's calmness because I'm wild. So, you know, I, you know, instead of me just lashing out, now I'm like, but what's the real issue here? You know? And so there's a way to have a conversation and end a relationship in a way that's serving to both people. So there's just some tips. I think we all have been in a situation where I'm not sure if this person deserves my space and time. I appreciate everything. And like I said, always trust and believe in who you are. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 